good evening um welcome to africa Aisha, where we talk about everything african um today we're having a discussion on technology the digital economy in kenya and um we have ian who is a tech expert who is going to be taking through how technology is disrupting the kenyan industry so before we get into the discussion maybe ian you may introduce yourself and then christina can just say hi hi guys i'm ian uh thank you for inviting me uh, i've been in this space for approximately three four five years especially in the development part of technology yes i'm ian Muninge. um hi everyone uh this is christine um always part of this podcast and i look forward to the discussion tonight chido thank you so much and welcome ian uh, so before we maybe get into the talking points you might want to just take us through what you do. I think in your introduction, you said you do um, development, I don't know, of technology. So maybe you can just give us a summary and, you know, yeah, that. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, I mostly deal with developing mobile applications, that is, the uh, web applications. This may vary depending on clients' needs, but they basically border on either business management solutions or customer to like end products like e-commerces uh, service platforms things like those like places um, marketplaces of either services or products sounds very interesting any platforms that you sort of help develop that we are aware of i think um as foreigners when we hear of you know mobile money applications in, in kenya the first thing that comes into mind is M-Pesa, you know. And I would also want to assume that there might have been much of work going on on your side, given that the COVID-19 pandemic really had an impact on how digital technologies and platforms were being adopted across the continent. Yeah, so we have developed several solutions. One of the most notable one would be, and the recent one is a platform like, that is called Mekwangu. It helps is the process of getting a mechanic for instance so the a user logs into the platform they see a list of mechanics and a list of services so they can either book uh, it geolocates it works in such a way that you can see the mechanic closest to you ordered by how good they are based on the reviews in the platform this now reduces the problem of the mechanic when you take your car to a mechanic and maybe they are not competent and they don't tell you that or they take it and take it to another mechanic. So like now, if you own like a unique brand of car, you can be able to specifically get someone who is an expert at that. Yeah, so that is like one notable one. Other things have been solutions that make business processes easier for business owners. So you find systems like points of sales, like the one that you key in when people buy. So for these ones, they are further developed to use things like SMS. Customers get SMS receipt. They store the customer bad data so that you can retarget in future. They keep your sales, they show you your profit margins, the best working products, you can transfer stocks from one to another. And all this happens in real time. So all, all these products are more of real-time products that help specific problems in the community. Yeah, Kenya is quite adaptive when it comes to technology, though it has it still has its own challenges. Interesting. Um, maybe just before I, I go to Christian briefly, I just wanted to ask, maybe out of interest. You said that uh, most of these solutions, you know, happen in real time. And I couldn't help but wonder, are they in any, in any way linked to blockchain? Because 
from my understanding, that's just one of those big um, tech innovations that have got, you know, real-time settlement of, you know, products, transactions and everything. Yeah, so they are not linked to blockchain as of yet, but we are thinking of how we can, like, uh, soon is this include artificial intelligence into these applications. For example, if, uh, if it could be able, like, to analyze customer, most of these AI things require a lot of data to build on, and most of these solutions are much newer solutions. So we, after we have built a lot of database, we can be able even to predict probably customer behavior, their purchasing behaviors and the kind, but none of the solutions we have worked on currently involves blockchain at a large scale that is in production yet. Because the blockchain, its power is in the decentralization such that mm-hmm. if you are part of the, of the ecosystem, you, it's like if the regulator, you know, assuming any of these solutions runs in a single server. Mm-hmm. So what blockchain would bring the difference is if uh, it ran on everyone's phone. And so as far as there's a phone that is online, the system will always be on and the data will be permanent in some kind of way. But I have not been privileged to work on something that launched in the in that space. I just have an understanding of the space. That's in, that's interesting. Um, maybe you might want to think around having, you know, the private consortium blockchain platforms. Should you decide to, I don't know, venture in that, because those are a bit permissioned. So it's necessarily not everybody who has, you know, a smartphone and whatever who can actually use or get access to that but uh, maybe christine we what has been your observation you know within the within the kenyan economy industries and whatever the adoption of technology you know in, in sectors like tourism agriculture manufacturing i know that there are certain jurisdictions where you're now hearing of 3d printing that has revolutionized um manufacturing of products and and, and, food. Um, and you also have you know e-commerce you know and and innovations in the financial service sector so as a kenyan and i mean having obviously observed the changes that have been happening recently with the adoption of disruptive technologies what really has been your observation um in 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 respect of the adoption of technology within the i mean across sectors uh chido this is a very interesting discussion i like how yourself and ian went in depth (laughs) into the technical stuff uh but uh, as regards Kenya, I think, um, so let me give it as a difference between like what would be happening uh, like in South Africa and in Kenya, is that in Kenya, uh, most uh, sectors, you can't say that they are corporate driven, meaning like if it's like farming, it's not commercial farming in the scale that uh, would be happening like in South Africa or in, in the more developed countries. It's subsistence kind of farming. Um, so meaning that if there is someone using technology, it, it may not be an, an, the entire industry using it. It could be just uh, possibly some forward-looking farmers or it would be uh, someone who is trying to introduce these sorts of technologies uh, to, to that sector. Uh, like recently, I, I met some someone who works for, I think, an NGO whose work uh, is what they are aiming to do is to give more uh, tech solutions to the farming sector something about uh, prediction of uh, patterns weather patterns and and i think the soils and then determining what works best and then uh, taking the products to market so i would say um, 
unlike uh, other countries where you see like uh, there's huge use of technology by maybe the biggest player in that sector uh, in, in Kenya it's everyone almost the each subsistence person doing it and this not just it's not just uh, in in farming but even in the retail so like in the retail sector um, well 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 there's uh, the big the big supermarkets for instance so each would develop like its own app or they will have um, a solution that they are using in-house uh, the same with like the banking sector you find like each each bank um, has different solutions of course there are banks which are doing much much better than others uh, well, there are others which um, which are not uh, doing as great uh, in the tech side. But uh, the big difference, I think, uh, with Kenya, which I think stands out, uh, is because of M-Pesa, which you mentioned, uh, which uh, because of how much it's used, um, it's integrated to a lot, a lot of the solutions where there is payments being done. Last week, uh, we were having a discussion again around the issues of tech, and uh, in the discussion, uh, the person was telling me uh, that the big difference, like when you go to, I mean, different African countries, you find that there is no one central payment system that you can go to a bank and find that uh, someone using their phone, for instance, can use M-Pesa or a certain app. Each different sector has its own payment system, which is unlike Kenya, uh, so that now anyone who has a payment solution they are most likely integrated uh, to M-Pesa because of the ease of payment. Uh, so, Chido, that's what I would say to begin with. That's very interesting, uh, Christine. You know, I, as an, you know, as an international trade and investment lawyer, I would obviously be watching closely or following through developments that are happening, you know, within my area of work. And that's why my mind ran to 3D printing. That's why my mind obviously goes to the innovations in the financial service sector. And I think we've had a discussion here, maybe for Ian's benefit, where, where you, you spoke of mobile money solutions. In Zim, I think we were actually one of the pioneers of mobile money. We have got what we call Echo Cash. And I think it was less of, um, you know, an adoption of technology and an embrace of tech innovation in the country, but more of somebody trying to come up with a solution to you know to address a problem that was actually ongoing at that particular moment which was um you know the cash crisis and you would almost uh, see that even during i i like to talk so much about the covid 19 pandemic because when you then look so closely or you watch closely you'd realize that there was a high uptake of technology and you know innovations within the tech space during the covid 19 period not really because um, countries or people really were just receptive you know, to technology, but it had something to do with necessity. The idea that I can't go to the shops to, to buy goods, so I, I might as well you know, think around having a, an application I can put on my phone where I can order goods online and have them delivered to my house. Um, I can't do a, I can't go to the bank right now because, you know, of COVID-19, there is a lockdown and all these other issues. So I might as well start thinking around ways of accessing money or sending money to somebody else or receiving money to somebody else, you know, without having that, um, you know, person-to-person -person contact, right? But I just wanted to ask um, Ian to say, as a tech developer, 
what has been on your analysis generally on the uptake or the you know people receiving technology technological innovations are they are the people really receptive especially in africa or it's just an issue of necessity to say there's a problem that we have identified and there is no solution the only solution that we can have is within the tech space so we are left with no choice okay okay so looking at uh, i think kenya specifically is very adoptive of technology because if, if you look at the complexity of some things like uh, even whatsapp basically whatsapp if you look like a few years back and uh, not very many people were using whatsapp but now but whatsapp including the groups has become this like everyday tool for people to use i, I don't think it's more of a necessity i think they even love it because even as you look at the behavior of people online like kenyans on twitter they are like so big so they like spend a lot of time both on these technologies and now as they morph and turn into what you are saying like artificial intelligence and what will become simpler i think kenyans to be honest they like they love technology even though it solves their problems they are still i even feel like there are not enough solutions that people are looking for and then then another problem that i've realized is that most of the time you see it's as if we are copying from the west so you find like there's a lot of structure in the west uh, but then when you come to kenya Kenya, most people are, they are informal sectors as christian stated so you will find that a solution that works so well abroad won't work here so you have to pivot you have to use ussd but people are so receptive because even if you look at simple links as bulk sms you'll find that very many people use them the those quotes getting quotes i think due to the interactive nature of technology and what it's becoming and its accessibility i think it's it is now like has become a part of life that is solving problems because even some people are just they are having fun but then now they want so people come to you asking you like for example as a developer the way tiktok works can you have like a plus similar platform in which i can market my products so i think i would say like kenya specifically they are in love with technology but we, it has not gotten to a place where it serves them as they expect so maybe that is also another factor that slows the adoption but i don't think they just use it because they have no other option i think most people love to use technology since it makes their life easier hmm. that's a that's a very um you know good observation and a different perspective um now that you have said that uh you know kenyans are a bit different and they love technology i can't help but poke christine a little bit and ask her about um you know taxing the digital the digital economy tech innovations and and all this I mean as a tech lawyer I would have done an injustice if I don't ask you um how you view the friction that exists currently between you know tech companies tech innovations and um taxation what are your thoughts Christian mm, okay uh Chido uh, before I go there I also wanted to say as regards uh maybe adoption I think the the thing to say is that in Kenya as much as technology is loved the cost to the person who is developing so that to be ian and the cost of the person who is trying to build this technology and push it to the market to be adopted is very high so um so as if someone comes and says i want uh, this product which will offer these sort of services to the market the cost of taking that thing to market and to even get people to adopt it sometimes can be quite hectic uh, like in the case that Ian mentioned of Mekwangu um, uh, because I'm aware of it uh, but then to answer you uh, taxing the um, digital economy uh, I'm telling you that topic is close to my heart 
<laughs> just uh, because I'm a tax expert in that uh, but also because I'm writing quite a lot on it and thing to say is that uh, when you speak to a developer when you think about it from a, a, a tech side the solution uh, the solutions given uh, to the markets are very very good and the creativity that goes into it to look at where do i place this to attract more people how do we design the ui how do i make it uh, you know go to market and all these things you see the amount of work that goes into those things and then the taxman <laughs> comes and just tries to uh, tax almost at the surface of it because what happens is to be taxed you must make a profit but uh, to make that profit within the, the tech sector is very hectic so like i was reading somewhere like by the time netflix was it was hitting i'm not sure if they are at, at what what's their level of profitability yet but the amount that has to go in the investment is so 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 high so that now on the tax side uh, the fight is always like that you're coming at the end when you put in so much and you're acting as if you know we are just coming to disrupt the brick and mortar economy you're saying that now you can shop on um, online and therefore you should tax us in this way but you don't realize how much uh, goes into this and maybe you should give us a break on that side i understand it um, and, and and say yeah maybe uh, to immediately start taxing without giving maybe breaks uh, or incentives uh, for these investors that may not be the best way forward but then also looking at it on the other hand is that uh, the same way if i'm walking into a kiosk and i'm going to buy uh, let's say shoes uh, well those wouldn't be in a kiosk but let's assume I, I, i'm going to buy something there that's uh, possibly subject to vat uh, value-added tax uh, so in kenya it's at 16 percent there should be no reason why if my colleague someone sitting next to me shops on amazon and gets them without the 16 percent vat because you see thing is that uh, when pro you're able to access products without tax uh, from outside what happens is that these companies that are here uh, they are unfairly ad they're disadvantaged in that scenario and also of course uh, because there's quite a lot of uh, profitable digital businesses uh, linkedin facebook Twitter, all the promotions that happen there, it's money going to them, which is not being taxed into Kenya, Uber. So when when you think about it, I think there are some businesses that should be taxed and maybe the other businesses that should be given a break. Uh, so I think it's just a balancing act. Chido? Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe if Ian can tell us from his uh, perspective as a developer, what has been the challenges that um, tech innovations are facing? in in africa generally or maybe in kenya because i know that kenya might be quite a different jurisdiction specifically because you know you've got um young people that are receptive to technology and they genuinely enjoy it and as a result of that you'd realize that maybe the challenges might be necessarily not the same as those that you know any other african country would be would be experiencing or any developer would be experiencing in any other african country so this is just going to be a general um, perspective to say what are the challenges from your conversations and observations that tech developers and their innovations are actually facing in Africa. Okay, thank you, Chido. So what I have realized uh, over time, we have Kenya is very competitive and the entry to market is very easy. So what happens? People's expectation on 
maybe the cost of development and such things is usually very low. So one of the first challenges I have experienced personally is the is one, okay, there are two issues. One is uh, the quality of talent. So assuming the developers and teams, since this is something new to Africa, and so you find that most of the people who even understand it are not experienced in other things. You know, like the way in the book mastery, they say being a master is when you understand the people and your skill still. So you find that a developer might be probably someone who's very young. A majority of them, a very large number of them are very young. So then you find they have very poor like work ethic and these other things, but they are very good at technology. So then now their deliverability is very slow, such that it doesn't justify the huge cost that it is required to develop. And then now you look on the other side of the client, the expectation is not that high since they have been working in quotes effectively without these solutions before. So you find that the adaptability even becomes a problem because you find that it's adapted from the top. And then the, again, as I said, the, you find uh, most big businesses will not necessarily look for developers. They will buy like um, pre-made software from either Microsoft or QuickBooks. But then there's a, as I was saying, there's a big disconnect between the quality and the way it solves the actual problem of the person on the, who actually uses the solution. So what happens is that now the, most of the project you find there is uh, like people are at loggerheads because one, the, I would say that the technology is not mature enough such that there are people who are competent, both as, who are masters, I would say, because the fact that you can code well does not mean you'll produce a good product. You have to do it like for long enough until you get to a point where you master both the people, understand, so that you can organize the UI, which is like where the US has gotten to. But again, all these challenges, I think with time, as more people adopt, of course, it becomes more affordable for for those willing to start solutions and then there's a larger market pool and also there's another real problem of it being that for example i had a team in 2019 2020 and so the company that gave us the contracts were not able to pay well uh, so we post those projects so these guys learned to code on their own and now two of them one of them actually called me today and he's telling me he's leaving for the states where he's being offered one hundred and thirty thousand dollars per year, which is approximately like one million Kenya shillings per month, uh, to work in the states. So it it happens. And now, if I had a team of a designer and two programmers, and both of no, and three programmers, two of these programmers are now heading to the US. And now those are like the people who are very close to me. So now you see the reward abroad is very high, and the problem with tech it's like a, a universal language. So I think Kenyans. Kenyan problems will be like what Jack Ma says, the problem that the world is experiencing today will be solved by tomorrow's generation. As more and more people adopt, more businesses try apps and they succeed and they have money to pay their talent and keep talent locally to avoid this dragging of talent abroad. Because it's very crazy if I, if I had five developers and I had three developers and three of them have gone to the US, it means they are good. But then it means the market rate is not good enough. Even the understanding between the customers and that is why you find very few people can try to do apps or things like those because it's a new space, it's not well understood and the likes. And then the speed of iteration. So I think we are in early stages, but again, as Jack Ma says, the solutions will be provide, provided by the next generation. Because with things like AI, uh, not necessarily blockchain, but AI, artificial intelligence, you can be able to even know how you will type 
attacks to a specific customer different from someone else. So if this person is liked a post on this, you can the system can automatically generate something like that to the extent that AI these days even generates like photos or things like those. It will like all come to be in line sooner or later when the technology advances and there are more talent. And so it, I think the solution will come finally when there's more money made from tech. Therefore, there's more money to be reinvested back in tech, giving the investors confidence. And then the talent will have matured because like it is hardly you will hear that people in the bank have a problem with the labor force. Yeah, that is what I would comment regarding the challenges in the tech space. The ones I have experienced and the way I think they should be solved. Mm, that's that's interesting. Thank you so much, Ian. Uh, Christine, maybe from your perspective, what has been what have been the challenges within the tech space? You can speak maybe as a tax lawyer or just a tech enthusiast. What have you observed? Okay, so I think, and this is from my little attempt at offering solutions in the tech world. Um, in my other work, when I'm not a tax lawyer, and I think. It's the cost, especially of successfully uh, breaking even. So the amount of, uh, let's say I've developed a solution um, that requires to be adopted by several companies. At first, uh, there's how much I have to put in uh, to market it to these companies. One, uh, with the thought that they think they can develop their own solution. Therefore, why should they buy my solution? Um, but then also, uh, the investment in terms of like what Ian is saying, uh, the developers coming and changing and all that. So when you consider the amount of time, I will I will need to develop the product. And then because of the many changes uh, before it hits market and then after it hits market to get it adopted successfully. And then the thing to say, especially in Kenya, uh, compared to like the UK, you cannot underestimate how good infrastructure and education levels and spending power of people can propel um, technology. So for instance, uh, the solution called Mekwangu that uh, Ian mentioned, if you look at it, the people who who are needed on the platform, mechanics who in Kenya tend not to be the most educated and highly skilled people. So first of all, uh, the amount of time you have to spend uh, to explain this solution to them, not because they don't like technology, but to bring them up to speed on like what is required of them and what needs to be done. But then also secondly, their power to even have like smartphones and to be able to afford internet. So uh, when you look at all these products and how much is actually needed, you find that most times the purchasing power of people sometimes limits. And if you listen to like conversations about like, um, the big, big successful um, e-commerce platforms uh, globally, eBay, Amazon, when you look at how much they are used in Africa, you hear like, uh, or I was reading uh, some articles where they're saying Africa needs a different strategy. One, because uh, like in Kenya, for instance, it's not every road that's marked so that uh, when I order something, you it will of course be delivered to me. There has to be the local means, you know, you have to have a border border guy, that's um, motorbike uh, people. Uh, you, you have to get them onto the network so that they can bring you the things that you, that, that you have ordered because sometimes the roads are not accessible or they're not even marked. So I, I would say you cannot underestimate the value of infrastructure. Uh, good roads, 
good internet and also the purchasing power of the population and then also the literacy because all those as far away as they seem from technology those are the things that will propel the adoption and how quickly it's adopted and how much profitability comes out of it and therefore you'll be able to like pay and retain talent uh chido that's what i would say yeah you really do raise um important points christine infrastructure you know we always talk about the digital divide you know within africa and it's a real thing um the cost of data and you know the levels of accessibility are quite problematic it's such a situation that needs to be addressed um maybe in the interest of time we might as well wrap up and then pick up this discussion some other time what then become your closing thoughts uh, ian what would you want our listeners to take home with um most importantly i would think uh from what i have learned especially from like mekwangu we should be confident more confident to do like our stuff our own way like um if you these days i there was a, a project i was working on and i i would see like the power of whatsapp groups like i think people should be more confident and the developer should think less comp- in a less complicated way if i would say like just how would you solve this problem in the easiest of ways because like now you realize with time that solutions like this service where you get like service providers mechanics whoever you find that the best way to do it is maybe using sms but you'd not have thought of it that way so i think the most important thing would be people to keep working on it eventually i am feeling like we are very close to a place where we'll have our own thing you know like mpesa completely failed in i think even in south africa in the us because of the it's only designed for someone who's like in kenya because it is very organic it, it really puts into mind the african market and then there's a lot of money to be made because there is a big population but then now we have to think different like exactly what christine is saying we don't have marked roads how can we probably use ai to identify streets what solutions are there in the west that can be modified to work better in africa but most of importantly it's the like changing the mindset to surely solve a problem and not do it like someone else has done before i think with that it will give better results to everyone whether you are the investors or the developers and to share in, pod, in spaces like this podcast and whatever because even what has brought like all this success in tech is the ability to share and to recreate something that someone has done the openness of the of the whole tech tech space yeah so those would be my closing thoughts hmm thank you so much for that, those insights uh, ian christine what would be your closing remarks that we should have more discussions like this on africa asia uh, there's there's a lot have learned from this discussion most times when we have these discussions uh, we i think we think about them from the policy side uh, and i have done both i been a scholar writing scholar work and i've been on the business side they're very different they can cross share knowledge which is important but it's very different even even the thinking is different thank you so much christine for that um yeah sure i i agree with you that we need to continue having this discussion um ian we really want to thank you so much for taking time to come and um share your knowledge with us and um i really do agree that more often than not you know we always look at things from a policy perspective we say this is what has to be done these are the policies that have to be introduced and it's usually in an abstract because 
there is not very much interaction with the business communities and um, the developers in, in this regard. And having you on board today has really um, given us a different perspective to how we need to approach this issue of the digital economy. And we're so grateful that you decided to come here. And thank you, Christine, for always bringing your, your lawyer perspective. Uh, I know that every time we talk about, you know, the digital economy, tech innovation, um, it, it, it always comes back to, you know, taxation, regulation, how do we regulate this? And I think that's another discussion that we can always have at a later stage, but I'm really grateful um, for all your insights. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We value your feedback. Um, you can always reach out to us via our uh, many social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, um, and Spotify. But for now, it's goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>